Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... We take the approach that if you can find something or someone you care about, give directly to them and be able to see and feel your impact. It's what we call a little feel-good moment, the positive, positive side of giving. You yeah. can see your impact. You know where your money's going. You know you're actually helping something you care about and you're more likely to re-engage. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 263 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Josh Murchie. Josh is the CEO and co-founder of Little Phil, short for Little Philanthropist, a micro-philanthropy platform fixing the charitable giving industry that focuses on giving for the next generation. Josh and his team are working with emerging technology in the blockchain and cryptocurrency industries, such as NFTs and DeFi for impact. Josh, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Indio. Glad to be here. Excellent. It's great to have you on. So, Josh, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to work in the social enterprise sector? Yeah, of course. So, I guess a little bit about my background from an education point of view. I actually hold a double degree in international business and commerce. So, majored in accounting, always been very entrepreneurial and, you know, like to kind of back the underdog. So, the whole idea of being involved and being able to help and so on has always been quite strong for myself. After I finished my degree, I went into an SMB and basically managed the accounts for an SMB. So everything from day-to-day operations, bookkeeping and so on, really did not like that. So (laughs) set up a digital agency with a friend of mine all around like web development, Mm. SEO, SMM, publishing, digital publishing of of magazines and, and things like that. Enjoyed that. Decided to go back to university to get formal education around that. So I enrolled in a master's of IT. Whilst doing my master's, I set up the Entrepreneur Club at Griffith and run that. I was heavily involved with the Student Guild. So won the Australian Student Volunteer of the Year Award back in 2017, 2018, and did a bunch of volunteering, some overseas volunteering trips in Peru, and so on. So it's been quite a journey and it's definitely a space that I personally, and I know that my team are quite passionate and excited about. Wow. Very interesting journey. It sounds like there was a lot of interesting occurrences there, a lot of ups and downs, but there always is in this sector. So Josh, you're the co-founder of Little Phil, an organization allowing impact conscious individuals to donate directly to causes which matter to them. So how does Little Phil work and what have been some of the challenges in gathering support for the project? Yeah, great questions. So basically with Little Phil, our whole concept is that we believe that the charitable giving industry, for fundraising at least, is broken. 
So there's there's an abundance of innovation from food delivery. You know, you've got Uber Eats, Deliveroo, and all this kind of stuff. Transport. So again, you've got Uber, you've got ride sharing, bikes, and and scooters, and everything. But everyone seems to overlook the not for profit and charity space. With Little Phil, what we believe is that we're currently living with a generation, and the next generations are the most socially conscious we've ever worked walked the earth. Why should they be subject to traditional old means of giving and making an impact and tracking their impact? So with Little Phil, we help connect people, businesses, and brands more directly to charities, causes, and beneficiaries, and make the whole process more transparent, engaging, and really digital. Moving on from your question, I guess from a challenges point of view. There's a lot of people working in charities that are really passionate about their cause, but perhaps they just don't have the digital capabilities to be able to to really engage with the next generation. So th- this has been a challenge for us is education really around the potential to open up new streams of fundraising for charities, the whole education around how to use digital media and digital technologies to change the way that people give and engage with charities. For instance, I don't know about you, but I generally hate being stopped in shopping centers by people <laughs> or, yeah. or you know on the street. I'm usually always, you know, on my way to do something. I'm always very to awkward. Yes. <laughs> Those guys parade around a lot of them are not actually the charity. They're hired mm. or they're a third party marketing company. Yeah. So you know they parade around, they look like a charity they are really in your face and it's not a great experience. They guilt trip you and push you into making a decision that perhaps you wouldn't have made. Mm. We take the approach that if you can find something or someone you care about, give directly to them and be able to see and feel your impact. It's what we call a little feel good moment, the positive, positive side of giving. You yeah. can see your impact. You know where your money's going. You know you're actually helping something you care about and you're more likely to re-engage if that charity or something similar comes up again and they need some help. I trust that they're doing the right thing. I know mm. my money's gone to the right place and it felt good being able to help them. Wow, that's a very interesting approach that you have there, Josh. And you've just talked about it then a bit there, that you've had an interesting journey in getting Little Phil off the ground. So talking about some other challenges that you have had in the past, how did you need to work around them? We have had, like any early stage business, a bunch of, of challenges. And one thing that we've learned is that you always need to be ready to adapt and be agile enough so that you can find ways to keep moving forward. So persist, persistence and resilience. Mm. We were working quite heavily in the cryptocurrency space in 2017, 2018. So we spent majority of 2018 abroad. So we were across Asia, San Francisco, presenting at conferences and events and meeting with royal family offices and all this kind of stuff. We basically had a situation there where we had been promised or committed to investment from some funds. And we took that at face value they put us on their website. They did all this kind of stuff, introduced us to all their networks as, you know, we've already invested. You guys should invest as well, blah, blah, blah. Us being naive and just trusting them, I guess. Mm. The money never never came through. Oh, no. um, so, you know, we had a team of almost 15 people. 
which is quite a significant amount of money every every week that you'd be burning paying yeah. wages for so that was definitely one thing that was a challenge and we got through that which is good mm. and then obviously the the other more recent challenge which i think everyone's had is around covid so yeah. we had some significant deals that we had worked on for close to a year that were just about ready to finalize in February, March, April last year. And then COVID hits, lockdown hits, pretty much every deal that we've been working on has just been pushed back, pushed back. Those deals are continuing at the moment, but they've only recently mm. picked back up. So, you know, having a couple of significant impacts to our roadmap has definitely been challenging, but I think the resilience and persistence of our team to get through is yeah, second to none. It's a huge shame, Josh, but it's really great to see that you guys are pushing through it and taking that resilient approach to it all. And Josh, if we're looking a bit more of your background, maybe even before little Phil, you were one of the original fellows at the Unis Centre at Griffith University. So do you believe that it is important for entrepreneurs to be a part of the social impact community or a community that they're a part of? And what are the key benefits of being a part of that community? A hundred percent. I think that initiatives like the Unis Centre for Social Impact are really great to get people more exposed to not just thinking about how to make money, mm. but how they can make money and also make a positive impact on the world and society. So I do a lot of guest lectures and mentor and things like that for not, not only Griffith University, but other universities around this area. I think that to be honest, I don't think it's too hard to go out and make money as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But, you know, if you can use your skills and your talent for good, then I think everyone should be trying to do that. Yeah. No, of course. So what was the second part of your question? Oh, so it was, yeah, no, no worries. So as being a part of that community of that social impact and entrepreneurs, so what would be the key benefits of being a part of that? Uh, I think the key benefits are that you can get access to a range of people that mm. maybe you normally wouldn't. So, for instance, if I was only hanging out in crowds or groups or networks of people that were just entrepreneurs and had no idea about philanthropy or no idea about so- social enterprises or making an impact, then yeah, of course, I wouldn't understand that market. Whereas being able to be involved and work alongside some really good social enterprises, which is you know one of the things that I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to do at the Unicenter, has opened my eyes and allowed me to respect the work and the, the individual challenges involved by those other organizations. I have a much deeper appreciation for and understanding of the different challenges that people face. So we're in software. We think about scalable products that can enter markets across the globe and manpower is not something that we are overly concerned about. Whereas some of the other social enterprises that we were lucky enough to be networking with in that base is very hands-on. They're recycling electronic waste and things like that where huge amount of man hours, you need a large facility to be able to do it, not necessarily the most appreciated work however i truly believe that it's it's quite an important piece and and yeah i have a lot of respect for people like that that's an amazing kind of in-depth insight there josh thank you very much for that so josh 
Where do you see critical opportunities for the Australian and broader Asia-Pacific social impact sector to grow in the next five years? I think that we're already seeing this with COVID. Before the adoption of digital technologies for cross-border collaboration was not really there. Yeah. We've witnessed this firsthand with some traditional businesses who only six months before we discussed advising them to, excuse me, move more digital. You know, your staff don't necessarily have to be in your office all the time. Mm. You know, you can be working with cross-border teams. You could be working with people in different cities and different time zones and so on. And technology is really enabling this. Yeah. So the ability to open up those kind of opportunities, I think that the whole education and empowering people that may have not had the opportunity prior. So we don't really get to see it in Australia, but there's still so many millions of people that are unbanked. If you don't have access to ID or if you don't have access to banking, where can you safely store your money? How can you go out and get a job and get paid? How do you interact in a financial system that we're seeing it here now? There's some shops that won't even take cash anymore. Yeah. Because of COVID. So technology is opening up all of that. And it's it's really going to disrupt the whole finance access to loans and liquidity. And really, I believe in the future, it's going to be more of a decentralized nature. That's a very interesting outlook there, Josh. So we were talking about the community before, the social enterprise community. And within that, there's a lot of inspiring projects and initiatives. So are there any that you have come across recently, which you believe are creating a positive social change? 100%. There is probably too many to mention, but two that come (laughs) off the top of my head. Recently, I've seen one project that was working in rainforests. Mm. I think they're called Rainforest Connect. And basically, they're repurposing old hardware like mobile phones and so on. They're placing them in rainforests and jungles around the world, which then acts as a way that people can be monitoring for logging, Mm. a way that people can be monitoring for wildlife. So you can listen to the different birds in that area. And they've all got a unique tone or however you'd like to put it. But basically, you know, there's, there's different wildlife conservation and science kind of strategies there. There's protection of illegal logging and things like that. Really cool concept. The second one, which we've actually recently partnered with as well, is around unlocking different fundraising avenues through NFTs. And basically, you may have seen a few things in the media recently about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are pretty much a digital verified representation of either a digital asset or it could be in real life asset. Some of these include things like the NBA trading card, Top Mm. Shot things, all this kind of stuff. The difference between going to a charity auction and buying a piece of art compared to a NFT is that ch- traditional charity auction that makes funds for the charity once and that's it. Yeah. With NFTs, you can actually code in royalties into these NFTs so that hypothetically I can come to you and say, okay, great. You know, India, you're a famous sports star <laughs> and let, you know, let, let's do an NFT for you. So it could be a trading card. It could be a piece of art, a piece of music, whatever it is, but we want you to embed a percentage that will go back to making an impact on something you care about. So every single time that that rare one of one or one of two, one of five trading card or piece of art gets traded, so sold, bought or sold, 
a percentage automatically goes back to making an impact on something you care about. Those are yeah. two very, very interesting projects, very different as well. And I haven't actually heard about NFT or anything like that yet. So I'll have to have a look into that after the, the interview. And I'm sure that the listeners can click through at the end of the article and view these projects, which we will have linked there. So once they've finished listening to the podcast or reading the transcript, it'll all be there and they can check out one of your partners. Definitely. So to finish off, Josh, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I think one of the classics, obviously, is The Alchemist. You know, I think that gives you some very good lessons around making the most of what you've gotten, being able to create something out of nothing. I love that book. Yeah, good read. Yeah, um, definitely. And then just a general kind of guideline and guidance book is Tools of Titans. So from Tim Ferriss, who interviews some of the best of the oh. best in every single industry around the world and then wow. takes out the best kind of takeaways from them. So it's a almost like a mini Bible of really cool ideologies and, and so on. Wow. So those are two very good reads as well there. And those will both be linked along with the initiatives and enterprises you just discussed. So once again, our readers or our listeners can take those and have a look after they've clicked through the article. So that brings us up to the end of the interview, Josh. And I just want to say thank you so much for putting aside the time to come in today and share your generous insights and time. We always appreciate it. And we love being able to meet different people within the sector at Impact Brink. So thank you very much for being here today. And we're looking forward to seeing all of your work in the future and the progression of little phil awesome thanks so much india thanks for listening to impact boom you'll find links to the initiatives people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org please leave your comments below and remember we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website facebook page and twitter 